0: So again, please welcome Lauren Groff. All right. So we'll get into a little bit. I want to get start off with just who you are, okay. a little bit about your background, yeah. and then we'll talk about your company. But sure. um, first of all, were you, are you from this area, or
1: were you no? No, there? I was. I was born in Pennsylvania. I'm a Pennsylvania Dutchie. All right. Leptoni, okay. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pull out my best so Pennsylvania how do you say Link, Dutch accent. L-A-N-C-A-S, Lancaster. Lancaster. Okay. Right north of there, yeah. Okay. Hershey, all that. So oh, great! Great Hershey Park. That's every a great. Year, you know? Yeah, I used to
0: go to Hershey when I was in high school. So great. Yeah. And family life
1: to siblings. Uh, I had a sister, and but but I had three uncles in the house, a pretty big, you know, family when I was okay. little. Right. Uh, and then it was just me by the time I was in junior high. Kind of thing, okay. So,
0: yeah. so did you know as a little kid that yeah. you were gonna be an entrepreneur? Did you already knew that kids that had had a lemonade No, I I
1: am the reluctant or intrepid entrepreneur. Okay. Couple. For
0: sure. Intrepid word of the day. I like that. <laughs> That's a good one. So, okay. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. So
0: you were got. You were dragged in, kicking and screaming.
1: Not really. I mean, I kind of like shuffled in, okay. like you know, try to you know sneak into the back of the room. Okay. Of, All right. So yeah. we'll get into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But uh.
0: Do you have any water uh, by, the way, by chance? Water? Yeah. Um, I, you don't <laughs> want to drink my water, so <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. You. Know, I should start thinking of that. Though you're the first. That's Okay, so a now, now that all the my podcast <laughs> listeners are gonna know that I don't provide water. <laughs> sorry. for my. If we had a, a thinking uh, entrepreneur in a class, you could charge them like a buck for water, but he'd buy it you for, got a got for a buck. Got got so, um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, about Graph Networks, and then we'll talk about how you started everything. What yeah, does sorry. Graph Networks do? Where are you located? Yeah, yeah. So okay. we're
1: we're right in downtown Troy. Um, Fourteen employees. Uh, we are basically outsourced IT support. Is traditionally what it's known as. Uh, a little bit more in the industry, it's called managed services. We're a managed service provider. However, what all of the small businesses out there understand is managed services now just means they're paying a monthly amount to get help desk. Uh, unfortunately, that's what I'm up against because we provide a lot more. I mean, we are, we are providing strategic direction kind of like a chief information officer for large enter- enterprises that have a CIO. They're responsible for budget and strategy for that large organization. Well, we do that for our clients, at least the clients that can that can use it and leverage it, and that's where our value proposition is more and more in that. Yeah, we, our IT's fine, fixing our computers is fine, but we don't know what to do next year as far as investment or changing and all that. So, so that's, people what, that's who are, what
0: we do. Are they on site or do they just do visits? It's
1: mostly remote, and we do okay. some visits. Okay. But the visits are more relationship. Okay. Because ninety-eight percent of what we can do, you know, technology these days is remote. As long as the internet's up and the hard drive's spinning, or you yeah. used like an expression. I want to make
0: sure they all know what it means. You guys all know what value proposition means, or would you like Lauren to describe it a little bit? Let you tell us what that. I mean. Yeah. What is the value proposition?
1: Um, so, I mean, there's a differentiator, like what do you do different? But then, why would someone also invest more or pay more for your product or service? So, we are more of a premium service, but the result and the return on investment is way more than than you know somebody that's gonna charge half of what we do. I mean, you get what you pay for sort of thing, but because of how we can help change the small business and way more leverage what they do for technology for a company that sees the world, sees their business like that, you know, we help a lot more and we can help them reduce expenses, increase revenue, grow faster, all that kind of stuff. So how old is the company? Uh, 2005, so 14 years. Okay.
0: So I said that you're one of the more seasoned of the employer, of the speakers we've had in the class. Oh, wow! wow great. Which is great. I'm I'm, I'm a slow learner, so <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about your journey versus so what yeah. your career path. So you you didn't like you know some of the, you know my as a reporter yeah. I covered a lot of entrepreneurs who were like still working out of their dorm rooms. Yep. That's all okay. they ever wanted to be. Yep. They never worked for anybody except you know the clients that they worked for, but. Yeah. but you. It sounds like you had a job. Yeah. Uh, so c- tell me a little. How'd you go to school, by the way? Couple right?
1: corporate jobs. So I am Colgate alum. Uh, Colgate University was my introduction to upstate. Uh, well, the snow belt. Uh, it's right on the corner of the snow belt. So, uh, you know, winter started about a month ago for them uh, up there. <laughs> but um. But yeah, went went there, and um. After that, well, I I met my wife like, at a retreat down in Voorheesville, oh, okay. up, up on the hill there, Camp oh. Pinnacle, oh, Camp Pinnacle uh, sure. five years later, we met up in, you know, in, in Europe, and caught up, and then I started courting her, chasing her, wow. un- until, she rel- <laughs> until she relented, but anyway, um, we we were only going to move into to Troy for, stay there for like a year or two, kind of like, you know, be in the same continent, you know, for the first year or two of marriage, and then go globetrotting together, uh, but we, you know, we fell in love with Troy, you know, and... Uh, but Cinectity
0: is nice too, by the way. It,
1: yeah, and, and I heard you got money. some more money to invest in that, did, too. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank
0: you. I'm excited. I wish I was getting it all. Myself. Right, right. <laughs> $10 million. Did you guys hear that? More yeah. investments, Cinectity, $10 million. Mm-hmm. So go okay. ahead. I, I,
1: I, I think the governor forgot that you have Metroplex already helping you. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, they, they didn't like our politics or whatever. Anyway, yeah,
0: whatever. sure. Something like that.
1: Anyway. You need all the help we can digression. Get. so Digression. So I was in Germany for... For a couple years at the time, um, hanging out with missionary kids in a, in a dorm, you know, doing the RA thing. And then I came back, I needed a haircut and a real job. Okay. So uh, This is a,
0: how many years out of college?
1: This is three years out of college. Okay. I worked for my dad, uh, helping him run his little ice cream business. Okay. That was kind of fun. That was kind of my first little learning about managing and sales and, and all that, as far as, like, and actually getting paid for it paid seven fifty an hour, and, seven, and, and room and board. <laughs> oh, okay, in, in and all the ice cream. In 1998, and all the ice cream. Well, okay. you had to taste it every single time. That's right, that's right. So uh, I told my dad, you know, give him a year. It's like, all right, it's all yours. And he really had to sell it, and we had to grow it for him to be able to sell it, because it, it was his third job, uh, basically. But anyway, had to come back to the States, get a haircut, real job, because I was getting married. And I had a little bit of experience in the computer lab, you know, basically helping, you know, at the time, recover floppy disks—you know, a virus or you know, corrupted kind of thing—that was in you know, '93 to '97. And uh, so I had a little bit of experience. I was like, well, this is a burgeoning, bit, you know, industry. It was like '99. You know, tech yeah. bubble was still yeah. blossoming, big and large. And so I landed in Boston for a little while, got some education, and got got a job with very little experience, very little training. In Boston, and, and then and then we moved to Troy you know a couple of small jobs later got employed by PSInet you want to talk about uh, the entre- entrepreneurship lesson there um don't, were the first don't ISP. finance don't finance your growth on your stock price especially if you're overvalued so <laughs>
0: PSInet was the first dial up right or the first ISP in the region i think well
1: they yeah well they were the they wanted to go against Verizon and AT&T and say hey you don't need to be a big telecom to provide internet services it's what first light is doing now they were just 20 years too early okay. and financed it all okay. on uh, but so I, I got all the best training there, and then I went on and got corporate job for like three years. So you were at PSI Net. Yeah, PSI Net. Um, what for, was your title there? Uh, just it was technical support. Okay. You know, just on the phones helping people with their internet. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome, sir. How much for that? Two two fifty. I just, oh. just want to <laughs> say
0: to the podcast folks, Chandler, student, save the day, saves the day. Thank you, Chandler. There's the least There's I can do There's at least the at least an extra. I'm going to give you some extra credit points for that. Okay. Yes. Nice. So, <laughs> good. Good. Um, where were we? So, PSI Net.
1: PSI Net, and then. Um, and how many, you were there for three years? No, the next one I was there for three years. PSI Net was bankrupt when I started there. Oh, that's in, a good start. In two thousand one. That's a great start for the career. <laughs> right. Right. Um, before that, I had a sh- short job at Textron. Uh, okay. Textron Financial. Also, you know. Okay. Kind of feeling the, feeling
0: the collapse of the tech bubble. I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so,
1: but, so the third job, um, third corporate one in the area, uh, was at Safeco, a subsidiary, no, uh, a remote office of a subsidiary of Safeco. Um, the Safeco? lease was up. Safeco, uh, well, they're owned by Liberty Mutual now, they're an insurance company sell no I'm carrying
0: liberty
1: liberty liberty. I'm sorry (laughs) auto fire all that they still have a brand uh, I guess but um the lease was up in Latham okay and they were like the the father the grandfather company Safeco said oh yeah we got we got got a whole floor in Indianapolis (laughs) we're not renewing that lease so third basically well third failed employment no fault of my own yes um I was like, well, maybe it's time to try something on my own. And this is in July of '04 that they say, Yep, oh, they're not renewing the lease. You can move to Indianapolis, or end of the year you can, yeah, go find. Did something you else. even consider Indianapolis? No. Okay. No, like we had just bought our three family. Speaking of the entrepreneurship, like I, you know, read the uh, rich dad, poor dad. Uh-huh. And if any of you are familiar with, Kiyosaki, uh, and uh, God, I can't even remember how to say it. But um, talking about investment in property, so you know, my father-in-law. I mean, we were renting for my father-in-law. He had fifty units at the time, so sure. I had a little bit of like insight into that. So we bought a three-family, you know. Um, okay. but, but right away, we found out we were pregnant, and you know, so right. <laughs> we were staying. We yeah. we were good. Um, but the, having bought that three-family helped bootstrap what became Groff Networks. You so guys don't know what bootstrap means. That's, see, there's always expressions. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's bootstrap? Like that, yeah. Mean? Bootstrap. Um, I you, know, you pull yourself up. I think by it's your, in the textbook. Actually, you, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You you get it started in whatever way you can. But um, but if you, are you know, if you, bootstrapping or booting your PC, it's what gets it from one phase to the other. Uh, so, you know, getting it started, I needed obviously income from somewhere to spend some time to invest in the, in the business. You still have the three family. Uh, it's now a two-family, yeah, because I have five kids. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we expanded and grew into it and kicked out the, one, of the one, of the, one of the tenants okay. who was on his, like, 2nd postdoc. It's like, okay, Bobby, I'll wow. have <laughs> you.
0: That's post-doctorate degree, so they already have a couple PhDs. Um, so that's where the reluctancy comes in. It's like this is more out of a necessity to say I want – So you're actually I absorbed. want to
1: employ myself better. I literally created myself a job. Okay. Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to fix people's computers because that's the skill I have. Uh, and maybe I had a little bit of, you know, it, exposure with Safeco. I was on one of the teams that was investigating security software at the time, and this is 2004, you know. Like, security was really new. Um, the threats, I mean, in 2004, we just heard about, um, you know, you could plug a USB stick into it and start, you know, scraping everybody's type you know the um, blanket on the on the name of it, but basically steal your everything you type yeah. which is your usernames and passwords right. um, and and so we were looking at that so I was out and about with business on my business card, even went under somebody else's brand, like I met someone locally, you know downtown troy, who they were in like you know programming and code design I was like, hey, can I subcontract with you and you know write you know ride on your coattails you know so provide build some value to your clients build whatever. some credibility
0: with something yeah. else established and then you broke off from that
1: yeah and I mean but they didn't really bring much uh, like I even did a business card underneath their brand and whatnot but I was out networking at chamber events saying hey I can be a you know be your security guy and small businesses were like I don't know about security but can you fix you know the server. <laughs> you know can can you fix the computer. So you, you wanted to focus originally
0: up? on security, but it, you were hearing in your interviews yep. people that they really wanted you just to fix the
1: yeah the
0: computers themselves. I mean, my,
1: my little bit of market research that I did, I was like, okay, at the time the concept was computer consultant. Like, how many computer consultant businesses out there? And I was like, I saw a lot. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well I guess that's saturated. And I have a little bit of experience with security, so why you know might not go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't really have the skills, either. Right. You know, it was just kind of like... Is that hey, something you
0: trained yourself? Like, what would you go to school for?
1: Um, well, I intended to go to school for, ph- for physics and astronomy. Okay. And I'd you're not... See how you're not... <laughs> doing... By my third semester, I was studying philosophy and religion. Okay. <laughs> so that's useful. Yeah. I and mean, it's useful for life,
0: <laughs> but... It, so I think... This, can I stop there for yeah, a second? Just because I think a lot of people sometimes get concerned, hey, if I pick the wrong... the quote-unquote wrong school... Or if I pick the wrong major or those kind of things, I've set the course for my life to not I'm not going to be successful. and I think hopefully you guys are learning that sometimes um, you know it's learning how to adjust along the way. many I don't know a lot of CEOs who are MBAs, so I do know some philosophy majors CEOs actually. Um, so really, it's the ability to think, adapt, learn, pivot, you know, and those kind of things so. It still is useful education, but yep. you had you were self taught or trained on the job and some of these other things.
1: Yeah, a lot of you it had on the job. Yeah, a lot of it on the job. So, um, you know, when I realized that my time was up in Germany, I like, you know, grabbed something and started teaching myself a little bit and like, you know, hijacked the dorm computer and like <laughs> you know, had a hard drive, threw it in and was trying to install Windows and you know, just kind of so learnt. Windows it. what? At the time that would have been 95, uh, yeah, okay. 90, yeah, 98 so some of these those guys gym. were one, I think, maybe <laughs> or two. Um, okay, so so that was that was one little okay. I gotta you know invest myself a little bit uh, when I landed in Boston. But I knew I'd only be there for the summer. But I took a night class to learn Windows NT. You know, it's more of a business operating system, NT three point five or four, whatever it was at the time. But because I was enrolled in that, when I was interviewed by Tech Systems, which they're a recruiter. Um, or not really a recruiter, they're more like a staffing agency for the industry. You know, they picked me up even with my very inflated resume. <laughs> um, you know, I tried to leverage every single second I spent on anything computer-wise and uh, was working for uh, the medicines company and they went IPO while I was there. Um, you know, what does pharma- IPO mean? Everyone ph- know IPO? Pharmaceutical company? Public? Went public. Initial, initial public, public offering. offering, yeah. Uh, so they went public, they were stocked, There's, I think they're still Independent and on the stock market today. Did you get some stock? Um, nope. Okay. I was, you know, a poor post college <laughs> student kind of thing at the time, and um, but then I, you know, quit, got married, came back. I Didn't really have a really good plan for this, but right. I
0: <laughs> so some of started
1: looking for jobs after we got married. Like, right. You know, back here. Right. Right. Without any r- much of a resume. So how
0: long did you work with this other company and kind of ride their coattail, so to speak, um, before you decided? To create graph networks.
1: So Safeco, they closed the doors in December. I helped shut it down and got, you know, I got a retention bonus in October. Retention bonus at the end of December for okay. staying. And then I actually subcontracted for the California headquarters of this subsidiary. Helped them do move this old piece of technology from one office to another. I was project manager for it. Right, so I pulled right. all the pieces together, and um, and got that done. So that was one little job, you know, getting me getting me paid, um, like January, February sort of thing, all the while I was still trying to figure out, well, what I want to do, um, a neighbor of mine, Nate Krupp, um, he, uh, he had a lot of connections, he gave me a list of like 10 people I should talk to, one of them was Brian Epstein, uh, who uh, you interviewed a couple weeks ago, a very um, successful entrepreneur, I bought him lunch and uh, asked him, hey, I'm thinking about this entrepreneurship thing, thinking about trying it. I'm sure in his mind he was spitting out whatever he was drinking or eating, and uh, <laughs> like, he was like, "No, you don't try this." And this, and yeah, he told, talked to me. He taught me the gut wrench. Uh, he taught me about the gut wrench, which is like, all right, if you start building a business and you have employees, uh, now you got to make payroll, and sometimes you're gonna have a tough time making payroll. Um, like you, you're gonna go through a lot of emotional turmoil. This is not something you dip your toe in the water, and this is something that you got to commit to. Very good. Uh so I had a you know, nice long walk along the frozen river uh in, in January and thinking about, okay, I guess uh if I'm gonna do this, I gotta do this. I mean they're all in or you know, oh yeah. and so I still inched my way into it emotionally, but it was uh it was definitely the um the, the good lesson up front to kind of okay, well, there's there's a lot more risk than just I mean, a lot less risk at a service business. I didn't need any capital. I didn't need to go out and borrow any money to just, I needed a job, and then I needed to find clients. So how did you come up with the name Graph Networks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so
0: how did, you, you know, my Tony always talks about right. this, uh, my boss, Tony Civitella, about going from zero to one, yeah. you know, going from, you know, your concept to actually like having your first client. Okay. How'd you get that first client? Um, Then we'll open up some questions, and don't forget you guys are going to be writing about this, so.
1: So, I mean, my first client I already had when I was in my last corporate job, I mean, my wife's uncle. Like, he had a real estate brokerage, he had a couple um, realtors under him, excuse me, and then um, he he had me fixing his computers and helping him. So he was like my first business client. Um, I would just network around the neighborhood, Finally got my my own cards. You know, was passing those out. and yeah. uh, By the way, when you have business cards, the goal is not to get your business card out; it's to get the other person's business card. Just to, something that I've learned along the way, because it's the follow up that you're gonna have with them. Because you know, it does they're, make they're, sense. They're, you're gonna remember them more than they're gonna remember you. That's uh,
0: true. That's the big thing. True. So first client still.
1: Yeah. So that was for first, you know, family client. Yeah. And then you know, fixing computers here and there. Um, and then finally, you know, one, one neighbor to another neighbor leads to the brother who owns a law firm. So Barton McGrain, Duffy and Jones, right downtown Troy, you know, needed a different option for their server and network support. So that was my first like real, okay, I'm gonna charge you, you know, time and materials at a little bit more, you know, market rate and, yeah. and, and, and go from there.
0: How did you set your pricing? How do you determine? Uh,
1: I, uh, every year I increased it. Okay. <laughs> or but how do you or, know where? Or when I felt it, you know, I, yeah. I increased it. Um, I think it was, for me, it was just one of those things. Like as I got comfortable with where I was at, you know, and my value, as I saw my own value grow, I was able to kind of. You got increase to be more that. comfortable.
0: At first, you probably feel like. Yeah, I charged really thirty dollars gonna... an hour. Yeah.
1: yeah. Which <laughs> you is. Know? Um, yeah. And then, but through networking, through events, within two years I had bought somebody else's business and went from a half new employee to three employees. Okay, that's another whole thing about yeah. it. Just,
0: we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I want to open it real quick. Any mm-hmm. questions yet? So far, I don't make you wait the whole time. Any questions? Okay. I have a question. Yeah. <coughs> so like, um, would you say that other than uh,
1: your computer security and network support service that you mainly provide, um, do you have other services that you provide and if so, like, are those services, like, are, were they important to the success of your business? Like, mm. you know, if you provide computer service, and then you said that you also help with, um, like, the strategic planning. Yeah. Is, that, is that, like, important to, like, your Yeah, no, thanks. That's a good one. Um, so it started out, I was just fixing computers. Uh, and then it goes to, okay, now I have people helping me fix computers. And we're going to support, you know, we'll show up on site, call in remote... Uh, and then the managed service provider concept was starting to become something that we could do. And that's all through tools that you know, businesses put together with the intent of providing us computer consultants with tools that we can manage more computers with less you know, labor, automate patching and all that. So as we layered that on, the business model changed. So at first it was how many clients going to have with broken stuff? You know, it's like I want you to have more broken stuff so I can be successful in my business. The logic didn't make a lot of sense. Unfortunately, I probably would would have been making more money had I stayed that way, um, because of just decisions that I made. And okay, I'm not going to change you, charge you monthly. I don't know what to charge you monthly, so let's start here, <laughs> and you can call as much as you want. You know, so yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a long yeah. You know, That's
0: also a recurring model.
1: It's a recurring model, which is good, which is the, the attraction, but to have it profitable, yeah, about. 5% of the businesses that are doing it are, are profitable. Okay, But as far as what's, so that's first, layer on the managed services. And it's, it's all, you know, patching, automation, monitoring. So that's first. And then we started adding, all right, well, let's actually maintain these networks, the physical stuff. Let's, let's actually analyze everything. And then let's also do the consulting. So we started layering that in. And obviously, just like the time and materials concept, where I'm charging more eventually over time, it's like, OK, now we're going to be $130 an hour. Where this is now okay now I'm going to charge one hundred well we're up to like one forty I think on average per person per month wow. you know and so that that sort of thing and it and includes all of that now so right, you provide all the services. yeah I just wanted another question mm-hmm. is there a specific business that you cater to that like you know provides you yeah the verticals and the and the niches sort of thing right. yeah so our strongest ones in fact the one I'm going to next uh, a prospect is Dimension Fabricators he's a, he's um a manufacturer. Excuse me. It's one of our strongest verticals. Um, We've, excuse me, a bunch of manufacturers. Media and marketing? Excuse me.
0: i so glad you got that water. Thank you. <laughs> Chandler, that's why he got you the water, because he knew he was going to ask you a bunch of questions.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Media marketing, so me- Media Logic is a client. Oh, okay. That's a marketing firm. Um,
0: so that's a different end of the spectrum. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and then you want to go to the, another dimension, uh, non-profits. So I just came from the Albany Institute like cocktail party last night. Uh, they're a client. We were sponsoring it because well we're not charging them enough either. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. But that that sort of thing is. Uh, um, but we have a real heart for like the YWCA and TRIP, um, which is you know, how nonprofit housing, uh, sort of stuff that we're we're in them. We're helping them you know be more successful.
0: So well. you were in business for how long before you did the acquisition?
1: Uh, that was the end of 07, So two years, a
0: couple of years. Yeah. So what kind of? How did that come about? How Networking. Much, okay. Networking.
1: Yeah, out and about. That's how I met Rick. Shaking hands. Just getting out and about. Just, you know, meeting people, getting to know them through different events. Uh, I got to know. I I met Bob Goddard at one event, and then I'm, got to at the next event. He was like, Hey, can you talk to the guy that I'm trying to hire? Because <laughs> I want him to sell his business. Oh yeah, so nice. Yeah. And, so I what I and I was, was the second. I was the second one to look at his book of business. Okay, the first one offered him half of what I was offering. Him. Okay, can you say what business that was? Yeah, so Redwire Technologies. Oh, Red Wire. I he think was, I even wrote about. He was it. in Delmar. Michael okay. Bianvanu. He, I think he actually, um, it was the River Rats, wasn't it? Uh, he he had the blimp. He sponsored oh, the blimp okay, yeah. and the one yeah. that would drop the tickets and, and that sort of thing sponsored that for a little while
0: so how do you go about that process um, you know due diligence mm-hmm. did you have to hire a law firm um, or how did you you know yeah
1: these this this sort of acquisition was pretty easy because I was just buying his clients I was buying the goodwill I was buying an introduction I wasn't buying red I did not I, I wasn't going to own the, the brand
0: you took a couple of his employees though too didn't you? there were no employees Oh, I thought you said you went from one to three after that I man yeah right.
1: so I had a subcontract at the time and I had somebody that was half time when we started so I brought you know, an employee on, I uh, made that one full-time, and, you know, within a year probably. So this is a pretty
0: clean acquisition.
1: And I just paid a commission on it. Okay. Basically, it's, it was all just labor, and this is still before managed services, uh, so it's still just time and materials. He gave me a little bit more mature way of doing break fix time and materials, in that you sell a client, you know, instead of charging your retail rate of $120 an hour, you charge them a hundred dollars if they pay for ten hours up front, you know so buy a block for a for thousand. They're your client as long as they have a block. I mean that was per, there's no contracts really. And so he just transferred all that over. I actually, because of his lawyer taking way too long, and he was already starting to work at Autotask under Bob. He, um, he was like, "Hey, can you subcontract? <laughs> can, you, can you go bail this client out for me?" Oh. So I literally subcontracted and started over a two month period just servicing his clients for him. As Red Bar Technologies. And so then when the introduction came, I had pretty high success of conversion. They're like, oh, you mean the guy that's been servicing us? Yeah, we like him. We'll, we'll go with him.
0: Great. Right. So, that's awesome. A yeah. couple quick questions. I know and you know, he has to leave at 915 sharp or nine 910? Um, about yeah. 15 should be, yeah. Um, but tell me about the um, you know, first employee. That can be a little daunting, right? I think mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that yeah. you know, if I don't get paid, you know, if you as the owner don't mm-hmm. get paid, you'll figure it okay, out. Yeah. But now you have another family kind of relying on you and you know another mouth to feed so to speak so what was that like was that stressful and, and how did you know onboarding and
1: yeah I don't, I don't remember thinking of it like that it was literally like all right I got I got enough you know revenue had enough, here, revenue. enough revenue here that I think I can do it uh, what was fir- the magic number first, for that at first Jack was you know part-time well the first year it was like I don't know 70 grand I, okay. I, I managed to earn second year after the year before and then after the acquisition was like 210 okay. yeah so we tripled and nice. you know kind of thing but you know i had there were two and a half of us now. we weren't really making a lot of money but it was progress right
0: okay um and then in terms of um well how about this and then we'll go one more question like the idea of um mistakes or the way we like to put it <laughs> lessons learned.
1: lessons learned. Or if
0: i knew then what i know yeah. now Um, What kind of things that they might be able to because my goal with whenever we do these interviews is also For them to also kind of learn from somebody else's mistakes Mm -hmm. so that they can kind of avoid that situation Yeah,
1: Yeah, definitely definitely want to hear it before you experience it Uh, helps you learn faster, too So one of one of the things that I really dove into pretty quickly was a mastermind group or like peer group So whatever industry that you're in whatever you start you find out who else is doing it and who else is doing it successful? And pay whatever the monthly fee is because it's worth you know many so times. So what is it? That. This is a what? This is a it's it's a peer group basically. Okay, okay. You know, um, online or in person? Or? We weekly we are on phone calls together to talk about the sales deals that we're in, and quarterly we go down and look at each other's businesses and see how we can help each other. And we share great ideas uh, that that we've all discovered, and you know that can, we have a contest. Literally, like, everyone puts fifty dollars in, and whoever we vote and whoever wins you know, gets the cash. Stuff, but the idea is the m- most important thing. Um, right. it's, uh, so where's the mistake in this? Though? So I want to hear like so, a so juicy that's, mistake. Yeah. So so that's so that's first. So I'm able to learn from their mistakes. Exactly. I, was, I was just connecting it with gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. and I can be on the hot seat, and they can tell me what I'm doing wrong, and before I can see it, before I go too far down that mistake. Very good. Very uh, good. What's that? Its competitors working together? Well they're not local, like oh. we're, we're non-competitive uh, so you know there won't be anyone in my group that's in Albany area. Gotcha. So. But as far as, as far as mistakes, uh, the first mistake was thinking I was creating a job for myself and yet still following the track of a successful business track. Because at some point I'm just I, just, I still just have a job for myself and now I'm creating jobs for other people but that's not really going to get the business where it needs to go and it's not going to give opportunity for them because I'm, I'm happy, I'm comfortable, you know, it becomes a lifestyle business and yet I'm taking the input and advice of those who want to help me be successful. Right. So that that dissonance more and more became became more apparent that why, what what's your motivation? Like we hit the million dollar revenue mark which, you know, for a service business when you know um, it's mostly labor, it's... It's a sound barrier. It, like, there were, there were, we dealt with a lot of stuff. I think not really having a coach uh, earlier and figuring out what the values are. I think one of the mistakes we made was I had everybody in the room when we decided what values to put on the wall. Everybody in the room, including those who weren't supposed to be in the room. Gotcha. Uh, so, and everyone has an opinion. Yeah. And, and everyone thinks that you know, trust and integrity are good values to put on the wall those are just permission to play like what how am I gonna decide what is the DNA of this business that I want to continue to build and grow in? what is it really about graph networks that makes us different as far as how we treat others and we didn't really discover that until I pulled in those who I trusted the most in the business with a coach that helped us find out that truly solving problems smartly is one of our values Continuous improvement is one of our values, and then a big one is servant's heart. So if, if someone comes in and, and we interview them and we feel that they are one that's going to talk over the client, like they're going to use a whole bunch of you know, technical jargon to just hide any inadequacies or insecurities <laughs> that they have, um, that's not serving the client. You know, that's not, that person will not last long in our business because that's not our DNA, that's not our culture. Delaying finding that out cost us a few years of of pain, you know, because I I brought people in that didn't match that, and then we had to exit them. And their friends. Like, you know, it was one of those things. It's like, all right, we need an employee. We're growing. And, uh, oh, the one that wasn't supposed to be in brought a friend of his. It's like, oh, he's a great technician. Great technician. Skill. I hired on skill. We didn't understand why it wasn't working. It wasn't working because he didn't match those three values. Right, so that's the culture part that's already. the culture so, so learning know, that sure. early that was that was probably that's one of my big and most painful mistakes besides just creating a job for myself. yeah well
0: I, I hear a lot about too within that is this idea of like a humility that you have to number one know that you don't know everything yeah. so you're going to get advice you're going to get a coach some people will think I don't need a coach I'm like you know I'm the head of the company Tiger
1: Woods has a coach right exactly
0: yeah. exactly yeah. So that idea, and then also, obviously, we talked about servant leadership earlier today. You talked about servant heart, same idea. I think people can use words to communicate, mm-hmm. and they can also use words as barriers. Yep. And uh, so, last question from the group, and then I'll just have one closing question. Anybody? Dakota, Dan, go ahead. So a lot of the entrepreneurs that come here
1: talk, uh, they have real estate, too. Mm-hmm. They get into the real estate, because I was thinking of doing the commercial thing, business as yep. policy, first one. Nice. and I wanted to also, Invest in property, it's right. Residual income, mm-hmm. and that's what you learn in uh, Rich Dad, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in money but make a long story short, do you still have more property? Are you still? In- I, I would love to get into more. Unfortunately, I'm invested in oh, kids. Okay. Yeah, I got more <laughs> and, kids in the business. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, congratulations. The um, and condolences. The um, <laughs> uh, when the business, when we were outgrowing our space that we were renting, which was designed to be across the street from where I live because, you know, you, you can put it where you I want, mean, right? Yeah. I started in the basement and then moved across the street. Uh, when we outgrew that space, I should say two years after we outgrew that space, we, we moved into a building that I bought, created a separate LLC. Uh, there's two apartments upstairs, uh, so it cash flows, you know, the business separate. You're still in the space
0: that I went in before, right? Has the, like it's a.
1: Yeah, the step up and everything.
0: That's yeah. the one we're in. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's good. It's
1: a nice vibe. I want to. I want to do like co-working space potentially there because I only need three people to show up in the same place every day. Okay. Everyone else just needs a desk somewhere that's not their home. Okay. So we're looking at potentially doing that to optimize Great. it a little bit more because it's more space than we need. I had a concept for what I wanted, uh, but yeah. Yeah, the yeah, so, Bizlab was so space. We have, too, by the way. So I two have two properties. because I would love business business to get one more one into. One. My it. My brother-in-law uh, yeah. just did. The Bizlab has space. Let's keep saying nice, that. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> one last question. Well, I might need a desk or two. You know, yeah. I have maybe I have one. It'd be nice to have you connected. Be. I've
0: been wanting this guy in Scantlebury forever. So, nice. uh, um, long-term goal, both personal for you mm-hmm. and then also for Graph Networks. What do you? Yeah, you I know exit strategy is maybe premature, but just long-term goal. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think I would love to pass it on to the employees and the kids, kind of thing. You okay. know, uh, as far as long-term, as far as exit, but even more uh, shorter-term to be able to get get it to actually where. Maybe I'm doing other businesses, uh, sort of thing, because this is really, it's really consuming, and it's hard to delegate the role that I'm in right now, which is primary sales, because uh, it's very relationship-heavy and high trust. Uh, but at some point, to be able to get it to the point where maybe half the time I could be going and helping do this kind of coaching and, and consulting in places that are much more needy around the world, yeah. um, you know, places where you know you can't even talk about God, uh, right. sort of thing, and mm-hmm. so. That sort of thing, I have a, I have a hero um, just off the way that's doing that right now. He right. has his own own business and half the time he's doing that. So if I could do that in the next five years would be so pretty cool. cool. Uh, but as far as the business goal, um, I looked at the impact that we're making on businesses and, and what our culture and values brings to them. And I was like, we owe it to the world to really you know, shoot for the moon on this. So looking back ten years, we grew ten times. So, yeah, that's ten percent kind of thing, right? Uh, a year. So what does that look like going forward? What does another ten X look like in ten years? Um, we can't do that organically. I can't do that myself. Selling, so I gotta merge and and acquire. And, but we think Manhattan and Westchester uh, are good target areas. Well, wow. So eastern New York kind of okay. kind of play is I think where we're gonna go. You next.
0: see yourself going other places outside of New York State.
1: Uh, only, only whatever grows out of that, because I think literally that that size business is well supported between yeah. between the city and here.
0: And then that's a whole other. I'll have you back in because that's how do you maintain culture. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, like mm-hmm. for instance, Transfinder, we have uh, an office in Shanghai, yeah. an office in Austin, mm-hmm. and we're opening one up in India. And how do you have that Transfinder culture still even in those different locations? And you know, making sure things aren't miscommunicated. Yeah. Yeah those kind of things. Yep. So I'll have you in for that. You could talk about, you know, what you, lessons learned on that. Well, I'd be well. glad to come back next so, year and that that see good. what the lessons are that that learned. That'd awesome. Here. Great. Well, please give it up for Lauren. Thanks so much. Appreciate it so much, Lauren.